Warning. This podcast has swears in it. Listen accordingly. Hi, this is Media Girlfriends, and I'm the Nabba Duncan. This podcast is about my girlfriends who work in the media. We always choose one main topic, but because we are girlfriends, we always talk about more. This is Christian Island, Ontario. There's a lake, and in that lake there's a canoe, and in the canoe there are three women, and they are talking, they're laughing, and there's Beyonce. That's me and two of my favorite media girlfriends, Reshmi and Jen. We don't see each other all the time, but one thing that we look forward to is our annual Beyonce canoe ride at a cottage. And so what happens is I bring a little speaker and my phone and we get into the canoe and we ignore all the kids and the partners and we paddle out into the lake and talk and basically we sing the fuck out of some Beyonce songs. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I met Jen when we both volunteered for the documentary festival Hot Docs, and then she introduced me to Reshmi when they were both working on the new show Connect on CBC Television. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about both of them. Reshmi Nair is a TV host on CBC News Network, and she used to work as a radio reporter in BC before switching to television. Jen Hollett is head of news and government at Twitter Canada. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? Anyway, she ran for the New Democratic Party in the last federal election, but a lot of people remember her as a VJ on Much Music. Today's podcast is about ambition, and I chose that topic because I see them both as such superstars, and I don't know, maybe... Maybe I can learn something from them about success by talking about their ambition. For this conversation, the three of us were back in the city and away from the lake. It was a couple of weeks away after Reshmi had her baby, so Jen and I went to visit her at her home. Her mom was in the kitchen making chapati and naan while we were in the front room eating Smarties and trail mix. Okay, so I want to talk about ambition. And the real reason is because I think you're both really successful. I consider you successful. I, I feel like we have a ways to go. I, I well, I I feel the need to say thank you, and you don't have to. And and it wasn't a compliment; it was just I, a fact. Okay. <laughs> um, but what makes you interested in ambition? Um, good question. This is dangerous. Jen. We're all gonna be asking. I know. <laughs> well, I I I want to ask you about ambition because I consider myself ambitious, but I don't consider myself as successful as I want to be, which I'm sure a lot of people feel. Um, sometimes when I see a successful person, I actually wonder, were they deliberately, were they deliberate in their ambition or like I have a friend who has a five-year plan usually, you know, and I think she makes it deliberately and I think she writes it down and all that. And I've only done that kind of thing once in my life and it got me to CBC and it, uh, was really, really successful. But I guess, mm, I guess maybe now I just haven't sat down to do that again. I don't know. I don't Was know. CBC part of the plan for my five year? Mm-hmm. It, not specifically CBC, but mm-hmm. I remember writing down that I wanted to work in a place in a, like I had some specifics. One was um, something that nurtures my talent, something that like where I would work with people who were, you know, 
interested in being healthy but there was also not competition but like we helped each other like i don't know but if i if i was to find it when i thought there was a time when i got there i was just like oh my god i got everything that i wanted i remember that time because yeah. i had met you a couple years prior yeah, yeah. So i remember when it was all coming together it was yeah. exciting i know it was it was exciting i just think that maybe now it's time to do it again have you felt ambitious i it, it's funny because that word, I think, accurately describes uh, who I am, but mm-hmm. I just was always this way. Right, yeah. right, right. So uh, it's like, oh, she has blue eyes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, so, she so has blue eyes. One of the greatest, what else do you want? One of the greatest hits uh, of my family, like the stories that we tell over and over again. This is one that both my dad and mom and my parents are divorced, both love telling separately, which is uh, I was uh, a Girl Scout. Uh, and not a girl guy because I was living uh, mm-hmm. in the States. I was a Girl Scout and I loved it because it was just all these activities, right? You, <laughs> you could do like dance or like, you know, something around civics or go camping and then you got a badge. <laughs> so uh, I was very active in my local troop. Uh, but then I like would go through the book and pick all these badges that I wanted. I was just going to ask, would, like, were the badges something that you thought about a lot? I just love the activities. Like, okay. I just, I love doing. I'm a doer. Okay. And uh, But did you have a thing about getting the badge? Yeah, I wanted the badge. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Totally. That's what I think. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, this girl sure. just wanted badges. I wanted the badges. <laughs> um, I wanted it all. Isn't that what it's but about? But the badge is proof of the activity. That's the this thing. So, so I actually am kind of not believing you that, that it's you about the activity. activity. <laughs> I feel like... It was... it, 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 so so the way the story goes is we're at this ceremony and they're going, okay, the, the following Girl Scouts, uh, you know, receive one badge, round of applause. Following Girl Scouts receive two badges, round of applause. You know, the following Girl Scouts receive five badges, come up, round of applause. And then, like, supposedly, I had, like, 22. Oh like, I just had, like, it was like, and my, my mom laughed. Of course. My mom laughed. And... She just thought it was so funny. And you did um, all the activities. It wasn't, it wasn't like I had these, you know, stage parents who were like, come on, we're going to get them. I was just, I was so into it. Amazing, right? amazing, and, amazing. Uh, so this story is, you know, been told so many times. And, and that is ambition. So even as this girl guide, yeah. you know, I saw these things that I wanted and, and I went after it. But it wasn't because I was trying to be ambitious. No, it's no. It's just kind of part of my personality. Mm-hmm. And then fast forward, in high school, I am president of the high school debating team. Geek alert. I'm on Model <laughs> United Nations. I'm on student council. Mm-hmm. I have my own zine. I'm doing, you know, dance. Like, so none of your high school friends are surprised by how you've turned out or how your life is going, right? I, I, don't, I don't think so because I've just been very, right. like... Active and I had an early interest in in media yeah. and in in the politics and in debate, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think the idea of ambition is, yeah, when I have an idea um, or I want something, I, I go after it and I thrive on that. Like mm-hmm. I, I enjoy doing that. But it, but didn't you also have a newspaper little? I wrote. Yeah, I was I was a little kid writing newspapers at home on the weekend. <laughs> Spy, spying on my family with like a little notebook and a pen. Oh my god! Mom's chopping vegetables in the kitchen. True story happening right now. Yeah. Oh my. She, she's making us lunch. <laughs> <laughs> but I did. I did. But I don't know if that was ambition. And I and I didn't. I know that I didn't take on 
10 to 22 different activities. So did you like some of them more than others? Or did you, like, you must have felt tired at some point. Like, oh, I don't want to no, go to chess club. I don't believe it. I don't think she was ever tired. Like, all of it was equally enjoyable? That's ambition. That's not me. Well, I think there are different <laughs> levels, right? Like, That's... I consider myself ambitious, but I, but then I look at, friends like you guys and I think oh well you know I guess what I sometimes want to know is whether you went to Harvard was that part of the plan 10 years ago so Harvard was like a a plan uh, because you like have to take the GREs Mm -hmm. and like you know for Canadians like that's not part of like our our school culture right so that costs like time and and money yeah yeah they don't just look at your grades you have to do all these other things right so even that idea and and also Harvard costs a lot of money right so that involves saving and so I I think I approached going back to school like most people approach buying a house and that's why I have a master's in rent right yeah it was like (laughs) okay how am I gonna do this thing this really wild you know idea Mm -hmm. how how am I going to do it so uh, definitely there was a and it was probably a five-year plan really when I you know, thought about the idea. What's funny is in high school, when I was doing Model United Nations, I heard that one of the other high schools was going to compete at Harvard, and I wanted to be a part of it. Mm. So I approached the other high school and said, can I join your team? And did you? And I did. Yeah. And they said, yes. So it's funny. Oh, my God. Uh, like, I wanted to touch it even then. Yeah. Like, I just wanted to touch yeah, it. Yeah, right? because you knew it to be the best. Yeah, I just I just wanted to touch it. And that, that's what I did. Uh, and I competed. And, and it was great. A couple other people from our school came. Um, so so that is, like, I guess a type of ambition back yeah, then. Yeah, I just yeah. wanted to, you know, to touch it, to see, to see if it was possible. So uh, I guess, you know, where I struggle with ambition, because I guess just, you know, part of my... DNA is it's kind of moving past the idea of just an idea, right? It's, it's yes. how do you take something? Yeah, like how do you take something <laughs> from like, wow, I'm interested, or that's something I want to doing it. Yeah, and I I just feel like unless you're doing it, it's just talk, right? Oh like my god, yeah. you're killing me right now because I have felt that way about myself. And, like, this conversation that we're having is me actually doing something, right? And so I'm grateful for it. H- how do you feel doing it? Like, we're, I we're feel doing amazing. it right now. I feel amazing doing it. Um, I am, I'm very aware that there's a lot of work ahead to make this thing look the way I want it to look. Um, but it's exciting. It's rejuvenating. And it's making me feel like I'm coming back to that person that I know myself to be, which is a doer. As someone who, someone who thinks that she wants to do something and she takes those steps to do them. Yeah, I think a, I think a big part of that is just cutting out the yeah buts, because we mm. we can easily you know in in that process where you just start doing something we can easily go yeah but then there's this yeah but then there's that mm-hmm. but then I have to do this and then I have to do that and it's not always about accomplishing whatever the goal is it's just about mm-hmm. changing from the idea to the action just actually doing it I know one small thing that always helps me too is if I have some type of deadline um so there's this podcast conference coming up I was like oh fuck like I gotta I gotta do something like at least have something in mind before I go to this thing I can't just 
go like that. I, I do that with myself in a lot of different parts of my life. Like I always use those dates to be like, okay, this thing's got to get done now. Small, small. And like that's the five-year plan, right? The five-year plan so, is saying that's not as, a deadline. It's saying yeah. five years. And why five years? Because society has offered that up. Yeah, The somehow. title of some book or yeah. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I absolutely don't identify with that though. I've yes. never had a five-year. I've never, I have not planned out much in my life. Well, that's wonderful. It doesn't just it, it, it works for everybody like different ways, right? Yeah, I think being open to opportunities and being open to that's your method. Ideas that aren't even your ideas. Yeah, just being open to you know, even if it's at work being a jack of all trades and figuring out what it is that you want to do eventually while you're doing everything else could help. But do you have an idea in your head? of like how you want to be like do you imagine yourself as this amazing ex who does x or do you just like live as yourself and you think oh yeah i'd like to try that one day or i'd like to try that one day yeah i'm happy i i think so when i was a radio reporter i loved being a radio reporter right and the only reason I switched from radio to TV was because I couldn't afford to live in Vancouver as a radio reporter. <laughs> so I had to become a writer in a TV newsroom because I just made more money for rent. And then, so I think I chased the dollar in the sense that I lived in an expensive city and I needed to pay bills. But I also liked the idea of, you know what it was? It was people in believing in you. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's important. That's where the five-year plan doesn't fit in, unless you include <laughs> that in your five-year plan. I'm going to surround myself with people who believe well, in me. Well, you can do that. Who have the power to give me opportunities. But it was just, it was it was a really, uh, you know, I, I think uh, humility goes a long way. And then having people who say, hey, you know, you'd probably be good doing this and saying yes to it instead of saying no. But I don't know if those opportunities always exist. Mm. You can't wait for them either. So, but I think like something that really inspires me about Rashmi is you do it your way, right? And you, you what other way is there? You know, like, <laughs> like, like one of my favorite stories that you've shared, you know, uh, about your dad is is him, you know. And if you could tell it, because you'd be better than I would, but like you know, looking at your color at the CBC and highlighting that you. Oh, it's a very amazing story. You know, and it, like I just feel, but that is—is is it going to be too upsetting for no, you to tell? No, no, right? because I love this story. Uh, so I was a TV reporter with CTV, and CBC was launching a new show, and they contacted me about meeting about it. And I talked to my dad about it, and I was very much ninety-five percent stuck on staying with CTV. Okay. And my dad on the phone said to me, you know what? I don't know what you're talking about with all this salary business and job security. <laughs> I know that I immigrated to this country and I would like to see my daughter on the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. Oh, I my God. So 95% of me just threw it all out the window and said, okay, fine. And I got off the phone and I called CBC. And I so said, you did it for your dad. Yeah. That's amazing. And then in the atrium oh God, of really the beautiful. CBC building... Um, when the show launched, they put uh, they put posters up of all of these new characters on the network, and I was one of them on, on Mark's show with Jen. I've seen it! So there's this pillar up there, and uh, it's huge, and it's intimidating. I remember when my friends showed it to me, I almost hurled off the fourth floor <laughs> of the building. I was like, that's massive, and I don't like my hair. But, <laughs> oh, your hair looks good! Uh, 
so it was like one of my first professional photo shoots. I didn't know how to smile properly. It's like weird things <laughs> you didn't like that. Smize. So I took my dad. My dad was feeling a bit down. Um, his sister had passed away recently, mm-hmm. and uh, I brought him to the CDC atrium. And I, I said, "Dad, I got a surprise for you." And he said, "Okay." So we walked into the atrium, and I said, "Look around." He's like, "What am I looking for?" And he's looking at eye level, and he doesn't get what he's looking for. He's like a convenience store and a sushi la. place. Yeah, ooh la la when it used to be there. And I was like, Dad, look, look, look up right here. I'm standing right next to my pillar. I'm like, look up. <laughs> so he like he scans right. Like he sees my jacket and then he sees my hands and then he looks up and he's and there's my name and there's my face and he's like, uh, you know, it's, he's just so stunned and he oh can't believe it. Oh my god! And uh, and then we took photos and he made me take photos from really far away to show how big the pillar was so he can send it to India and people could see. It was so ridiculous. <laughs> but as we were walking back to the car. Uh, my dad, he put his arm around me, which Indian dads don't do. And he put his arm around me and he patted me on the back and he kind of laughed. He said, you know what? You're like Frank Sinatra. <laughs> so what do you mean I'm Frank Sinatra? <laughs> you did it your way. Oh my God. <laughs> I dropped out of university before my first year was over at McMaster. Uh, I moved to Vancouver and was a coffee shop beach bum. I just worked at a coffee shop and did nothing in my early 20s. And then when I was 23, 24, I took a 10-month long broadcasting course Mm -hmm. at a school that's now defunct. And it was just like playing radio for fun, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 9 a.m. to noon, Monday to Friday. And and then that led me down this path of amazing experiences. And then there's this pillar. So my dad was just like, you know, I thought you were going to fail at life when you dropped out of university. (laughs) But instead you turned out to be it was nice, yeah. Aww. But I don't know how much of me played a role in that, as opposed to, I think the best thing that Rest I could me, say. Man. That it's was all, all you. It's no, a whole you. No, that was all it's you. It's all you. No, no, no. There's magic in each person. That was your magic. I would say the one thing that my dad did say to me, my first day at uh, the Vancouver radio station, I, I had started in Squamish, BC, and I had so much fun. You know, like, you don't think anyone's listening, so you just do your you thing. You just go, yeah. And then people were listening. So I got a job back in Vancouver and I was walking into the building and I called my dad. I said, dad, I'm going to die. This isn't happening. I'm going to be in a room full of other journalists and I'm not a journalist. I'm a fraud. Oh. I didn't go to school for this. I don't know what I'm doing. I was just playing for fun up there in Squamish by myself. And my dad says, okay, so what? So you don't think you're going to do a good job? Who cares? That doesn't matter. What do you mean that doesn't matter, dad? My self-esteem, it matters. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Somebody gave you this job. They think you can do it. So just go and do it. And I honestly, that kind of just stuck with me. So like, even when I was nervous when we launched CBC, when we launched Connect, even when I was nervous when we launched other shows and I started different shows, I would hear my dad's voice in my head going, well, somebody thinks you can do it. So just do it. (laughs) Who cares if you don't think you can? And that kind of just got me through. That's the ambition for me. Yeah, no, that's awesome. (laughs) You just have faith that somebody's put faith in you. If they've they've given you the job to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just do it. But but I also think, Reshmi, that, um, and this is something not a lot of people have, is you do it your way and and with pride and right. you know a lot of people feel the need to to conform right to do that kind of yeah typical five-year plan like mm-hmm. i will go and do my undergrad mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. this and that and 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 very much i i like those rules like i like yeah yeah yeah, like, yeah, 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 I, yeah. I, I, i've done it that way yeah right? yeah yeah. and you've used those rules yeah. to your advantage yeah absolutely, absolutely. 
But but you have said, you know what, this doesn't feel right, yeah. or this isn't me, and I'm going to do it this way. Mm-hmm. And that's Because what, that's you. Yeah, and that's what makes you you, and people see that and value that. And that's a type of ambition, actually, just to be oneself. Oh, that's the ultimate ambition. <laughs> that's the ultimate ambition. It's the ultimate ambition. It's true. Well, you apply that in politics. Yeah, no, I, I uh, but, but it's constantly, I think, anyone who's trying to be themselves, you constantly have to work at it, right? Yeah. You, you, because ultimately, that's the vulnerability. Absolutely. Is showing who you are, mm-hmm. right? And sharing that. I find, like, from a news anchor perspective, if I pretend, then the vulnerability is when you drop the pretend. Like, you see it in everyone, right? Even even when Anderson Cooper started out with 360, you saw him posing and positioning and presenting. And then eventually you saw him transition to Saw him come through. You know, I'm just gonna be real here at yeah. this point. You know what I mean? And that's what and that's when people connect, right? So I, I think I think especially our generation, we see through that crap. Yeah. We see we see people are being it. hired for the very fact that they are so themselves. Oh, oh no! no hey, it's recording. You know, it's it's all good. It's all good. Thank you so much. This looks Can amazing. Can you touch that real quickly? Yeah. We're just gonna wrap this up, and then we'll eat in the dining room, Mom. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I don't even think I've ever really had a conversation a- about ambition like this. Like it, Really? It's, yeah, it's definitely thought-provoking. Has because... no one ever asked you, like, where do you use your, like, success? Like, where does your drive come from? No one's ever asked you that? Uh, I like your kind of, like, inspirational woman voice. Yeah, yeah you know uh, what I'm saying, though? Like, I, I, I get that. I get how that. did you get 22 badges? <laughs> She's like, it's all I thought about. <laughs> yes. Basically, I know. I needed to get to Harvard. <laughs> it's all true. <laughs> it's all true. It's all true. Oh my god! Uh, you were gonna I, say? I, 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 I think that um, uh, people will say like, any advice for young women, yeah. right? So that's usually how the ambition. Questions, yeah. From, like any advice, mm-hmm. and my advice is always like work hard, people notice. Work hard, people notice, huh? Yeah, I believe that. Mm-hmm. I believe that. Yeah, Beyonce works hard. Everyone notices. <laughs> So that was a conversation about ambition and Beyonce between me and my two media girlfriends, Rashmi Nair and Jen Hollett. And I love how they both approach ambition in different ways. With Jen, she acknowledges that she is ambitious, but what's more important to her is all the planned action that she attaches to that ambition. And Rashmi says that she plans nothing. She just she just seems to work very hard at everything and is really open to anything that comes her way. Media Girlfriends is produced by me, Nanaba Duncan. I got some script and listening help from a couple of other media girlfriends, including Judith Lynch and Tori Allen, all the way from Thailand. And if you're listening on SoundCloud, we're on iTunes now, so look for Media Girlfriends there and give us a quick review if you can. Plus, you can find us on Twitter, at MediaGFS, and with the hashtag MediaGirlfriends. They're good questions to ask. Deep Deep thoughts. Deep thoughts (laughs) with Nanaba Duncan. Wasn't that the SNL? (laughs) Jack Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Very, you said it in that voice. Yeah. <laughs>